it's time for Cinema Talk here on WHIW 101.3 FM in Harvard, Illinois. And I've got my very good friend, Bruce Stout. Bruce, how is everything? Everything is well. Happy holidays during this very trying time for a lot of families. It's kind of the strangest uh, Christmas or whatever holiday you're celebrating. It's kind of challenging these days. So it's a good thing that we have something to kind of take our minds off of, uh, unfortunately, you know, the pandemic and so forth and the circumstances. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Well, so it's, what it's, do you want to talk about? Well, Jake? it's great to have you on. And we're going to talk about uh, the uh, Charles Dickens book, Christmas Carol, and our favorite adaptations of A Christmas Carol. But before we do that, we always go in the news and we look at um, uh, actors and actresses, musicians, uh, athletes that we lost over the past month. And we talk a little bit yes. about their lives. So, uh, Bruce, I'll let you start this off with the uh, very first person on our list. Well, I, I, I think um, there's a lot of people that go unnoticed and, you know, specifically actress Elsa Raven passed away November 3rd at the age of 91. And Mrs. Raven had 77 acting credits, most notably the clock tower lady in Back to the Future. And for aficionados of that film, you you can't forget her. She also appeared in Titanic, uh, Fearless, in Line of Fire, and in Decent Proposal. So I think Elsa uh, Raven is kind of overlooked and not deservedly so do you want to take the lead on the next one absolutely uh english actor jeffrey palmer passed away november 5th at the age of 93 uh, he had 192 acting credits he had an amazing career most lo- most sure. notably uh the uh, movie paddington lost christmas peter pan anna and the king tomorrow never dies the Madness of King George, and A Fish Called Wanda. And I think he was also on a TV series with um, Judy Dench in England for years. I don't have the name of that. But oh, yeah? I, yeah, but I, I, I do remember uh, Miss Dench or the dame, Judy Dench, um, uh, you know, sending out, um, you know, her, her thoughts on the passing of her very good friend, uh, Mr. Palmer. So I'll let you move to number three, who is a, a name we will never forget. Number three is a staple TV personality, Alex Trebek, a Canadian who hosted Jeopardy for 35 years, passed away November 8th at the age of 80. Trebek, as I mentioned, he's a Canadian who hosted Jeopardy for 35 years, passed away November, uh, you know, this past November. And he became the host of the quiz show, reached the top, and a few years later, jackpot. Uh, some people won't remember that, but I do. And he became the host of the quiz show, uh, reached the top. And oh, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at my notes here. Um, he also hosted High Rollers. I don't remember that, to be honest with you. But Trebek took over as the host of Jeopardy in 1984. In 2014, he had at that point uh, hosted 6,008. 829 episodes of the show the most by any presenter and if you don't mind jay i'm going to add a caveat did you know who they recruited for his successor um i believe the all-time winningest guy on that show is going to uh succeed for him for a while 
Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings. Ken that's Jennings. Right. Yep. Yeah, he's sort of adjunct. You know what I mean? So right. it, it doesn't mean he's going to be, you know, lasting forever. But right. yeah, Ken Jennings went on the longest winning streak on Jeopardy. I love Jeopardy. All right, go right ahead though. Well, no, and four. I will say that um, you know what a what a terrific personality. I mean, he. He had stage four. Um, I'm not sure. I can't remember what type of cancer it was. Maybe it was prostate. And um, uh, you know, he was he was filming shows to the end. He filmed a uh, uh, a Thanksgiving um, uh, wish to everyone, wishing everyone a safe Thanksgiving. And I think there's like 30 some odd shows that are still in the can uh, that uh, are are they're going to be shown of his. And and uh, what a what an amazing person, um, amazing personality. Uh, He'll never be forgotten. Well, I'll move on to comedian. Well, let me, you, let yeah. me ask you a question, Jay, and I really want your in, input on this, but like Hollywood legend or pop culture um, has this kind of like legend about Alex Trebek that he knew all of the correct responses for every single question he <laughs> asked. And you have to phrase it in the form of a question. I know how to play Jeopardy. But yeah, like I said, urban legend, Hollywood legend, whatever you want to call it, is he already knew the answers to everything he was posing. Do you believe that? I'm wondering. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm sure he knew a lot. I mean, he was a, a very intelligent uh, person. and, and uh, But, you know, <laughs> Just a wonderful person. He is definitely going to be missed. And uh, best of luck to Mr. Jennings. I'm hoping he can uh, can hold place. And you know, may, I mean, if it works out for him, you know, maybe he gets to keep the position. Sure. All right. All right. So, well, so, turn. So I'm going to talk to you about comedian Norm Crosby. He passed away November 7th at the age of 93. Mm-hmm. Crosby was considered the master of malaprop. He began his career, TV career, hosting the Canadian variety TV series Everything Goes in 1974. From 1974 to 84, he appeared on a half dozen Dean Martin celebrity roasts, including Red Fox and George Burns. In the late 1970s, he became a commercial pitchman for Anheuser-Busch Natural Light Beer. He made guest appearances on several game shows during that time. He also co-hosted, and this is probably his biggest accomplishment, he co-hosted the Jerry Lewis Muscular Dystrophy uh, Telethon, you know, the Labor Day Telethon, from 1983 to his disillusion. He has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It's pretty impressive, isn't yep, it? Absolutely. All yours. Well, number five for me is NFL Hall of Famer, Paul Horning. Now, my introduction to him was HBO's Inside the NFL, and we're going all the way back to like 1979, 1980. But he passed away, Paul Horning, uh, on November 13th at the age of 84. Nicknamed the Golden Boy, Horning, uh, Horning was one of only seven players to win the Heisman Trophy and the NFL MVP. He won the Heisman in 1956, that's a long time ago, while playing for a 2-8 and eight Notre Dame team and the NFL uh, Most Valuable Player Award in nine, uh, 1960 for the Green Bay Packers. And Horning helped lead the Packers to four, count them, four, champion titles and the only thing i will insert there is like i said my acclamation for paul horning was as a broadcaster and who better than him 
to be a sports broadcaster for like HBO's Inside the NFL. Does that make any sense? Do you see what I'm saying? No, yeah, he was very, very articulate. A heck of a player. Great, great NFL player. Great college player. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's um, it's uh, rest in peace, Mr. Horning. So I'm gonna talk real quick Absolutely. about sound engineer Bruce Sweden. He passed away November mm-hmm. 16th at the age of 86. Sweden worked in the music department on several films, including the movie Night Shift, which we've talked about, the Ron Howard's uh, second feature film, Free Willy, Running Scared, The Wiz, and Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, a sound designer is very overlooked. Um, A sound engineer is very overlooked. Uh, you, You mentioned Bruce Sweden, if I'm pronouncing that right. No, he did a very good job and largely overlooked. So anyway, we'll move on. Okay. Go ahead. Well, mine is uh, number seven is French actor Michael Robin, who passed away November 18th at the age of 90. Robin had 174 acting credits, most notably Mr. Collington in Amulet, and let me just insert this. Amulet is one of my favorite films of all time. If you're talking about like Audrey Tattoo, it's a French film like right around the turn of the century, meaning 20 or uh, 2001. Um, so yeah, I'll let you take over. Well, I thought you would uh, enjoy having that one because Amelie is one of your one of your favorite fo- favorite films. <laughs> yeah, yes. A- Actor David Prowse passed away November 28th. He had 75 acting credits. Most notably, he was the physical presence of Darth Vader in Star Wars 4 to 6. Prowse, born in England, was a dedicated weightlifter. He was six foot five. He was a huge man. He was a dedicated mm-hmm. weightlifter and won the British Heavyweight Lift Weightlifting Championship three times. He was lifelong friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno. Uh, other notable films for Prowse were Clockwork Orange and Up Pompeii. Well, there's two caveats that I'll point out about David Prowse. You're absolutely right. Who can forget the opening sequence of what what they now call um, A New Hope, you know, Star Wars 4, basically, nowadays. But the two things that I remember about, if you watch documentaries about the making of the very first Star Wars, David Prowse had kind of like a real how do I put this, a real tinny voice. So it wasn't the voice of James Earl Jones, which we all know to recognize. Right. Uh, James Earl Jones is the is the uh, voice of Darth Vader. But my caveat with, with actor David Prowse is Hollywood legend has it that when Christopher Reeve was training and, uh, you know, basically conditioning himself to play Superman, he went to David Prowse for, like, workout instruction. So it's like you mentioned, uh, you know, um, you mentioned Lou Ferrigno, who played the Hulk. Um, and But if you look at, at uh, the details of um, the documentary about Star Wars, it's like he was a huge guy, but he didn't have the voice. So I'm not slamming him, but do you see what I'm saying? Right. No. Oh, absolutely, and uh, but yeah, what a, what a presence he was in those movies. That was a huge man, and um, mm-hmm. and really, you know, Darth Vader is you know iconic uh, in our time. So oh, absolutely. All right, um, okay. the next one is Moving for you. Right along. Yeah, next one's for you. 
Um, well, we have actor Hugh Kaysburn. Um, he passed away December 1st at the age of 73. Kaysburn had 51 acting credits, most notably as Toe Cutter in Mad Max, which was released in 1979. Everybody knows Mel Gibson. And the Immortan Joe in Mad Max Fury Road. Now, I know nothing about the film Mad Max Fury Road. Well, he was so he was the he was the main villain in that. So I mean, he was cast you know thirty six years. I think because I think Fury Road is like two thousand sixteen. So it's like thirty six right. years apart. Uh, he was cast in those, and I can't remember the director's name uh, for the Mad Max films. George, uh, is it George Williams. That's, that's George Miller. George Miller. That's right. Fine. But uh, he wrong? was he was he was fantastic in both films. And um, yeah, no rest yeah. in peace. All right, um, here we go. This one, this one, yes, this is, touches us all. Actor David L. Lander passed away December 5th at the age of 73. Lander had 114 acting credits, most notably Andrew Squiggy Squigman on the TV show Laverne and Shirley. Lander also <laughs> appeared in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Scary Movie, Used Cars, The Man with One Red Shoe, Holy Moses, 1941, and A League of Their Own. Yeah, now, okay, so Lenny and Squiggy, um, Michael McKean and and David Lander were just they were just yep. per, they were just perfect together. Uh, and I posted a video on Facebook of uh, they were doing like a talent contest and they they they, they sure. performed the song night after night and I still remember words to this song from them you know performing it before I even posted this video. I just remembered it was out there and just it's it he was so good. The timing the comic timing was amazing. You know they they'd say something and those guys would come busting through the door. You know he. Like hello, you know. I mean, that's his, you know, his typical. Well, you screen. stole my thunder. That's yeah. what I was going to bring up. No, go you ahead. Know, yeah. I, I think there's that iconic like moment with Laverne and Shirley. You know, Penny Marshall and Cindy Williams as you know Laverne and Shirley respectively. But uh, yeah, David Olander playing Squiggy is like I, for some reason this moment endures with me. But it's like I think Laverne is telling Shirley, her roommate, he's like. Well, things can't get, get can't get possibly any worse. And then Lenny and Squee, you know, open the door and like, hello, hello, <laughs> yep. Like, oh no, yep, yep. Anyway, no, they they but, were fantastic. I'll leave you to the next person then. Well, um, the model turned actress Pamela Tiffin passed away December 2nd at the age of 78. Tiffin had 29 acting credits, including State Fair, Harper, The Fifth Card, Come Fly With Me, and One, Two, and Three. And I have to confess, I don't know much about Pamela Tiffin, so you might be able to fill in the blanks. Well, they did use the word auteur, and so explain to everyone what that means. Well, an auteur, the first name that comes is uh, Frank Capra or Steven Spielberg or even George Lucas. It just basically means an auteur leaves his or her stamp on the film. So if you go back to like our, you know, you and I are pretty much the same generation, but our, our parents' generation, no, an auteur just means they poured their heart and soul into the film, and there's no getting around that. Does right. that possibly explain? Sure, absolutely. Let me jump to the next okay. one here real quick. Former Major, sure. League, former Major League Baseball player Dick Allen passed away December 7th oh, at the age of 78. 
Allen played 15 years in Major League Baseball, seven years with the Phillies, three years with the White Sox. He also played for the Cardinals, Dodgers, and Athletics. He was NL Rookie wow. of the Year in 1964 and AL MVP Most Valuable Player in 1972. For his career, he batted 292 with 351 home runs, 1,119 RBIs. Many considered him, many consider him worthy of the Hall of Fame, and I think um, that, like Ron Santo, now that he's passed, um, I think he will be uh, put into the Hall of Fame here in the next couple of years by the Veterans Committee. Yeah, you know, I sure hope so. And you're right. You never know who's going to be inducted into the baseball or any sport Hall of Fame. But let me move on to, and I actually, Jay, read a biography, and I should say an autobiography, about pilot Chuck Yeager. And he was the first person to break the sound barrier and passed away December 6th at the age of 97. Yeager's accomplishment was chronicled in the 1983 film, uh, The Right Stuff. And uh, yeah, you already did that for me. I was going right. to mention that right. his character was played by Sam Shepard. So if you take a film like The Right Stuff, released in 1984, he does such a great – he didn't really look like Chuck Yeager, but he did such a great job of that. So it's – yeah, it's sorrowful that we we lost him. So go right ahead. You know, if we were going to do like an all-American film, I mean like The Right Stuff, I mean that movie <laughs> yeah. is without a doubt like, like dripping – Red, white, and blue, right? I mean, it's just it's it's sure. it's such a great movie. It's such a, a great topic. It really is. It's like Bill you know, Kaufman is a great director, by right? The way. He well, it's like it's like it's like Apollo. It's like Apollo. No, it's like Apollo thirteen, right? The same type of you know, true story, all American, you know, dripping red, white, and blue. Sure. Um, yeah, what a great movie! And uh, rest in peace, Mr. Yeager. Um, it, that that was that it. was a great film and. And just what an amazing person he was. And finally, we'll end it off here with actress Natalie DeSalle-Reed passed away December 7th at the age of 53. She had 24 acting credits, uh, including the movies Baps, Medea's Big Family, uh, excuse me, Medea's Big Family, uh, Happy Family, that's it, and Set It Off. Uh, I think she was in Baps with Halle Berry, actually. I think her and Halle Berry were, uh, were, were good friends. So, um, yeah, wow. Rest in peace, uh, Miss Miss Reed, man. That's real young, fifty three. Yeah, I mean, young, just, yeah, younger than me. I don't, I don't like that, man. I don't like to hear stuff like that. So, hey, Bruce. So we're going to talk about, and this is Jay Schultz here with Ruth Stout, and we are talking this is cinema talk, and we're talking about uh, now uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol um, and the adaptations that have made from it. So, Bruce, why don't you give some background information about uh, Dickens and then the movies? you know, that that kind of, you know, number of movies that, so that have been made from it. Of course. Well, I think A Christmas Carol is prevalent for generations, meaning, you know, you and I are more the same, you know, age. We're from the same generation. But the original concept was written by Charles Dickens, which uh, he has quite a following, very fond with many people. It was published on, and I didn't know this until I did my source material, it was published on December 19th. 1843 in London by Chapman and Hall. 
and I didn't know this either. There are actually 135 film, TV, you know, or movie adaptations of A Christmas Carol. The oldest is 1935 film called Scrooge, starring uh, Sir Seymour Hicks. Also, several adaptations uh, for the stage was the Woodstock Opera House runs a Christmas carol every few years. That's yeah. pretty impressive. Well, let me, to me. yeah, and let, let and me, so, Bruce, let me jump ahead. in real quick because um, my daughter was, I think she was in the a Christmas carol four times on the stage at the Opera House, and Kelly and I were on stage crew uh, for a couple of those shows. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I, I, I going back, actually, her very first production on the Opera House stage was A Christmas Story. They had an adapt, adaptation yeah. of A Christmas Story. And we, we were actually stage group for every single show. And it, Bruce, without a doubt, it is one of my favorite memories of all time. I mean, we were volunteers. Oh, we, we loved every minute. Now, I wouldn't want to be out there on the stage acting, but I love being part of the stage crew and, and, and being part of the, sure. you know, supporting the actors. And uh, it, it, yeah. was, it was wonderful. So, um, but yeah, Christmas Carol is one of those iconic uh, stories. And Bruce, there are several names here. Go ahead and read them off of, of actors, uh, other than the films we're going to talk about, but other actors that have played, Charles, uh, played uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. Well, you know, what I would say to that, as far as Grace is concerned, I was going to tease you a moment ago, because if I'm not mistaken, your daughter Grace, which I have total accolades for, she played Peter Pan, didn't she, at one point? She did. She did. Yep, in high school. Yeah, Yeah. that impresses me. Um, So getting back to the topic at hand, no, there's been quite a few really good actors that have played or, 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 you know, somehow participated in... um, it's a one. Uh, I start to say it's a wonderful life. A Christmas Carol. <laughs> no, and these all uh, these all these actors have played the Scrooge character. Yeah, yeah. And you know, being an actor myself, I would I've never played Scrooge, but I would love to. But you know, among others, we we talk about Patrick Stewart. Um, if all the truckies out there, you know, he's right. the captain of generation enterprise then you got george c scott who has accolades for playing Patton and uh, all sorts of roles albert finney another great actor guy pierce uh chelsea Grammer, tim curry which we all remember from frankenberger rocky horror picture show christopher uh christopher plumber walter Matthau, buddy hackett basil raft which we remember from uh, Sherlock Holmes, Dean Jones, uh, Frederick March, and Tom Hanks. And th- I don't even know if that's all inclusive. No, you know I mean, what I mean? There uh, there's so a, many people involved. Yeah, there's an Americanized okay, version of A Christmas Carol from 1979 called An American Christmas yeah. Carol, and Henry Winkler, the Fonz, played the Scrooge so, character. He wasn't named Scrooge. I think his name was like Benedict Slade, I believe. But uh, Yeah, they changed the name. You're yeah, right. Yeah, right, they right. They, they, Americanized, they, 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 they Americanized it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is— sure. You know, one of the most, if not the most adapted um, stories uh, to film, uh, to film to uh, to the screen, uh, TV or, or stage. Uh, Christmas Carol has been played, shown, you know, millions of times and uh, some wonderful, wonderful actors. So now we're going to talk about our favorite versions of A Christmas Carol. And we're going to count down from three to one. Bruce, we're going to start with your number three. 
I'm going to start with we a moment ago we were talking about auteurs, but my number three runner-up or whatever you want to call it would be simply a Christmas Carol released in 2009, directed by. Robert Zemeckis, and of course we'll remember, you know, Forrest Gump and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, we talked about auteurs. I think in this generation, Robert Zemeckis is very much an auteur, and in this case, A Christmas Carol released in uh, 2009, starring Jim Carrey, which you can plug Jim Carrey, and uh, I don't care if it's The Grinch <laughs> or The Mask. You can plug him into anything. Gary Oldman, one of the best villains of all time. Colin Firth, Carrie Elways, which the viewers will remember from The Princess Bride. He was sort of like the um, the handsome, you know, prince. Right. And then, not surprisingly, Robin Wright and Bob Hoskins are also. So that's like quite an all-star cast. So if I'm talking too much, go right ahead. No, this was, uh, they used the same um, film capture method that they used for the movie Polar Express. So uh, Zemeckis. Oh, yeah. Zemeckis. Right. Zemeckis. And did you know Robert Zemeckis is from the Chicagoland area? He actually went to uh, McHenry High School, I believe, for a couple of years. So, I didn't know yeah, that. Robert that makes Zeme- perfect sense to me. Yeah, Robert Zemeckis from the Chicagoland area. Anyway, so they used the same film capture uh, method that they did with um, with uh, Polar Express. Jim Carrey plays Ebenezer Scrooge. And, uh, yep. yeah, I, I actually I think this is a very, very good film. Um, I can't believe it's already yep. 11 years old, though. It's and it, it, I mean, it's basically a, a, an animated telling of the story we've heard thousands of times. So, yes, yes, absolutely. And with good reason, but yep. go right ahead. You're up next. Well, Jake. my Jake. number so my number 3 is actually uh something that was on the HBO when I was a kid multiple times. Uh you know, my parents, I happened to be very lucky. Uh my dad was a sales executive for IBM, so we were or we were not we were fairly well. We were not we were like upper middle class. You know, I grew up in the upper middle class. Uh we had HBO when it first came out, right? Uh, and 19, sure. 1978, Rich Little's Christmas Carol uh, was like the thing. And Rich Little did the, every single voice, I think, except for the female voices in A Christmas Carol. He did the voice of uh, W.C. Fields was Ebenezer Scrooge. He did the voice of Groucho yep. Marx, Paul Lynn, Humphrey yep. Bogart, Peter Falk, Peter yep. Sellers, Richard Nixon, etc. He did all of those voices, and they told the story of A Christmas Carol with Rich, Rich Little's talent. And this is something, you know, I think it was only like 40 minutes. It wasn't very long. It wasn't an hour. It wasn't over an hour. I definitely think it was like 45 minutes. And it was a wonderful production. I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Some great memories from this. Yeah, have you ever seen it? Well, you know, about Rich Little, yeah, it, the thing is, and I, I totally echo what, you, what you're saying is, yeah, I grew up with HBO, too, and it was a big, a big deal. Rich Little, in the annals of stand-up comedians, and there's been a lot of impressionists that, you know, they do impressions of famous celebrity like you just said. Um, Rich Little's the best impressionist I've ever seen. 
so I have no trouble believing that it, it is such a gem because he could do, he was so versatile and he could like, you know, like you were talking about Groucho Marx, W.C. Fields, Paul Lynn, Humphrey Bogart, Peter Falk, Peter Sellers, and, you know, and so much Richard more. Nick- yeah. yeah, he did so many more voices so anyway, than that. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. it, it's a terrific production. Yeah, it really is. Do you want me to launch into my number two? I want you to talk about your number two, which is would be on my list, but you picked it, so I'm good with it. You go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. No, Scrooge, which was released in 1988, and before I did my source material, I didn't realize it was directed by Richard Donner, as in Superman or Lethal Weapon, great director, uh, and it's obviously starring Bill Murray, who can do almost anything, Karen Allen, John Forsythe, Bobcat Goldweight, uh, Goldthwait, which is, you know, that time and time again, he's fun to watch. John Glover, David Johansson uh, as the cab driver. Uh, Carol Kane, I'll come back to her in a minute. Robert Mitchum, Alfred Woodard, Jamie Farr, and Pat McCormick, and the solid gold dancer. Scrooge has everything. It's a smorgasbord. And I think if no other reason for paying the admission price is the scene with Bill Murray playing, you know, Scrooge, and he's getting pummeled by Carol Kane with things like a toaster. <laughs> I can't remember which ghost she right. was, but she was a ghost of either past, present, or future. And she has this kind of like, vengeance nuance and it works so well and it's hilarious so that's okay I'll let well, you so let me let me ask you do you remember his actual name in the movie though bill murray's name was not ebenezer scrooge they changed it yeah. yes it was I, it, boys, I can't remember the name i remember right. it it's it it's frank cross and uh he was oh, the, oh. he was the head of the of ibc uh it was a a, a, a network and they're going to show um a a live uh, version of Christmas Carol on Christmas Eve, and this is where we get Buddy Hackett playing Scrooge, right? I think Jamie yes. Farr and Pat McFarlane, and and that's and remember the Solid Gold dancers are in this movie. And this is this like awesome. this movie screams 1980s. I mean, it's got the Solid Gold dancers, yes. right? Just like the Solid Gold dancers were in The Running Man, right? And with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah. there. Okay, all right. So anyway. Um, I lo- I love this. It's a mess. This movie is like, especially the ending where 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 um, he breaks into the live production and he gives a speech about you know life and love and you know it's just a me- the ending is just a mess. But it's, it's a wonderful film. Some terrific yeah. performances and you're Carol Kane as the ghost of Christmas present, just beating the holy heck out of him, you know, is, is, is just, and she, did you know that she actually, when, when, when she grabbed, yeah, when she grabbed his bottom lip, she actually, I think at one point, yeah, she did. When she grabbed, no, when she grabbed his bottom lip, she tore his bottom lip with, uh, with her, with her nail. She actually tore his bottom lip. I mean, I think it was interior, not exterior, but no, it, I, I love this film. I love, you know, yeah, and I mean, it, it, yeah, this is a movie I watch every year. I mean, this is a Christmas movie for me. Um, it's, it's one of my yeah. favorites. Um, and a little note about Richard Donner. I don't know if I mentioned this before. Richard Donner is 90 years old now. And this past spring, when we, when we started the COVID, uh, um, you know, the isolating and everything, Josh Gad on 
on Twitter and on YouTube. He, he made these things called Reunited Apart, and he did one on Goonies. Richard Donner directed Goonies, okay? So real quickly, the story goes – and Spielberg, they had Spielberg, so they had the, all these cast members, and they had Spielberg and Richard Donner on there. And Spielberg tells the story that when the movie's wrapping up, because Goonies has all these kids in it, Richard Donner says, "I'm I'm gonna go on a vacation. I gotta go get away from all these kids, right?" So the movie wraps up. Donner's gonna go to his house in Hawaii. Spielberg flies the entire cast of kids to Hawaii, gets to his house before him, gets into the house. And Donner, Donner shows up, and the entire cast is there for him. It's a great Spielberg. Just, I mean, he loves telling that story, and he got him good. But Richard Donner, what a terrific director. What This is a great film to me. It's one of the best Christmas movies. It's in my top five. Without well, it. yeah, Jay, let's not let this go unnoticed. Uh, you were asking me about the, the, you know, the meaning of the turn on tour. Yeah. You could say, you know, way back in the 80s, uh, you know, Superman and Lethal Weapon. Richard Donner, in my opinion, my humble opinion, is also an auteur. He poured his heart and soul right. into, into his work. films that yeah. he directed. So anyway, I'm yeah. done. He was good. He was a terrific director. So my number two, and I'm going to go back to the, I think is probably the best version of A Christmas Carol, and that is the 1951 directed by Brian Desmond Hurst. Uh, it's A Christmas Carol starring Alistair Sim. Jack Warner, Kathleen Harrison. This is like the uh, like the pure version of the film. I think this is the best pure version. You know, like Scrooge is Americanized. Um, you know, this one is you know actual. You know, off based on the book. Uh, you're not you know changing the location. You're not doing any changes to this. You're not adding comedy to it. I mean, this is you know what I would think. You know, Dickens would see his movie being his book being in a movie form. If you could even sure. understand what that is back then in the in the 1800s when he wrote it, um, I really like this version. I'll watch it every once in a while. It's not my favorite. Um, you know, I, I would put Scrooge above this and my next movie above this, but I do enjoy this version of A Christmas Carol. You know, you brought up a very good point. I think um, the the best praise I could make about A Christmas Carol, 1951, as you pointed out, Brian Desmond Hunt, or Hurst, excuse me, starring Alistair Sim, Jack Warner, and Kathleen Harrison. I think this is a film that is multi-generational. So you and I are pretty much the same generation, but I can almost bet you if it was released in 1951, that is the template for all other, you know, a Christmas Carol stories. So it's probably likely that not only our parents enjoyed that film because it was re released in 1951, maybe even our grandparents. So I think the best rendering, the best adaptation of a Christmas Carol is that it is multi generational. You know what I mean? And that's why it endures. All right, I'm done. No, I, I absolutely, it is definitely multi-generational. Um, Bruce, give me your number one favorite adaptation of A Christmas Carol. I got to go with Mickey's Christmas Carol, which was released, I didn't know it was this recent, 1993, directed by Money Mattinson, and it's starring the voices of Alan Young as Scrooge McDuck, 
and Wayne Allwine as Mickey Mouse. Now, what I would say about that film is, you know, you have kids, and it's like we tend to trust anything Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse is associated with. But what I took away from Mickey's Christmas Carol is that you kind of you have a tendency to think that Donald Duck is kind of innocent. You know, he's innocuous. He's not really a threat. But in that role, in Ebenezer Scrooge, he's kind of like hostile. So I remember thought I remember thinking when I saw that, and I probably saw it around 1983. No, Donald Buck is now this like malevolent, <laughs> you know, persona. What are your thoughts? You know, this is really, and it's like a made-for-kids um, Christmas Carol, right? For younger kids, you know, oh. definitely. Um, yeah, it's, it's like 40 minutes long, I think. It's pretty short, um, but it really is enjoyable. It's a lot of fun to watch. I haven't seen it in years, but uh, it, it is something that uh, the production quality is, is rather high. And it just it tells the story in a much shorter period of time, doesn't delve into the, yeah. the darker areas of the story. And uh, I think it does a good job telling it so younger kids can understand it. Absolutely. And I think that works today as much as it did, you know, 30 or 40 years ago. It still works. So we're on to your number one. Well, this one is this is a movie I watch every year. This is um, for Christmas. And in fact, we've already watched it. We'll probably watch it again. This is the the Muppet Christmas Carol uh, from 1992, directed by Brian Henson, uh, Jim Henson's son. I think Jim had passed away a couple of years before Um, Michael Caine plays Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, Kermit the Frog is Bob Cratchit. Um, You've got Rizzo the Rat and, um, oh, who is it? Gonzo are like your hosts. Uh, Basically, basically, Gonzo is Charles Dickens, right? He's telling you the story. And Rizzo the Rat is his his compadre, right, hanging with them. And they they take you through the story. It's got humor. It's it's really a Muppet movie about the Muppet Christmas Carol. Michael Caine is wonderful. Uh, in this, and yeah. he actually he's got some singing parts. There's a bunch of singing in this. I know all the songs by heart. Um, you know, this is um, you know, <laughs> this is a this is to me the pinnacle. Other than like the first Muppet movie, this is the pinnacle yeah. of the Muppets to me. I mean, it really did a wonderful job telling the story, making you feel warm about it. Um, you know, making you feel good about life and and you know, I mean, because really this is a life story, right? You know that you've got to treat people right. You've got to do, you know, if, if you think more about you, if you go back to Scrooge, right, and Bill Murray at the end right. of the movie, he says, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, I've got a coat and you're cold. Here, here's the coat. I've got a sandwich and you're hungry. Here, here's the sandwich. That's the story right. that this is telling, right? I mean, this is, you know, basic stuff. And it is really, um, you know, Hollywood did a wonderful job here with, the, in my opinion, with Muppet Christmas Carol. It's, it is my favorite, hands down. Do you mind if I offer some comments? No, about absolutely. Muppet I want to hear your, hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, Jim Henson, Frank Oz, they were sort of like the godfathers of the Muppets. So obviously uh, Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, on and on, and the two cinema uh, uh, – I can't remember. What were their names? The two cinema uh, – oh, you know, the guys yeah. sat yep. in the balcony. Stadler and Waldorf. But anyway. Statler and Waldorf, yeah. right? Yeah. 
yeah, something like that. But, I mean, you can't go wrong with, you know, Kermit the Frog. And it's a shame Jim Henson passed because I remember my first reaction with the Muppet Show is I thought, these guys are smoking large amounts of <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> Where else would you come up with these themes? But I love it just like you do. And you're right. It is made for kids. But I think the whole premise of A Christmas Carol, I know our time is limited, but it's about redemption. Just like right. It's sure. a Wonderful Life is about redemption. It's recapturing the spirit of Christmas, and now more than ever, given the circumstances, you know, globally that we're faced of, that's yes, very important and it's very um, reticent. So I, I hope I haven't taken up too much of your time. No, but, no, that's no. okay. I, you know, but, again, this is, I mean, I don't know. This is one of my top five Christmas movies. This is the movie, you know, one of the movies we play every year at this time. Um, sure. you know, just, it, it's great. I love to see a state. I have a friend who's a big Muppet fan. I've always told him, I said, I want him to rent it. Mm-hmm. We'll rent out the Woodstock opera house and he could do a stage production of uh Muppet Christmas Carol and he'd be down with it. He'd love to do that. Yeah. You know, it's such a great, it's Very such a great good. story. And Michael Caine again was wonderful. He was, I think he was in his maybe fifties or late, like mid fifties when he did this role. Um, well, what I would say about Michael Caine, one of my favorite roles is from Hannah and her sisters, right, and right. Michael Caine is in that film. I will say this about him. He aged well. We'll put it that way. Right. <laughs> I mean, as actors go, you know, he's still handsome, but he's perfect for Ebenezer Scrooge. I've never actually played that, played a lot of different roles, um, but I've never played Ebenezer Scrooge. But no, Michael Caine is perfect in The Muppet. Christmas Carol. And I think, again, I think when it comes to the Muppet Christmas Carol, you know, the Muppets kind of disarm you if you're a child. At least that's what happened to me. You know what I mean? So it's like you you trust them. Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, Cookie Monster, on and on and on. So, all right, I'm done. <laughs> no, that's all right. Well, no, and we didn't get, you know, the, in this version – uh, you don't get Cookie Monster or Big Bird or you know it's it's a it's a different yeah. it's a different cast it, it's more Sesame Street ish uh, but still same yeah. creators and everything yeah no um, sure. love this movie I could talk about it all the time so Bruce um, sure. what do you do you have any plans for the holidays um, I'm probably going to be kind of uh, I hate to use this word, but isolating or quarantining. Um, I have friends and I have family all over the globe. Um, I admire you for having a wonderful family and, you know, obviously a wonderful wife. What are you going to be doing? I, you know, I um, pretty much going to be staying at home. I think we'll have the bowling alley open on uh uh, for limited amounts of time so people can bowl, you know, on a limited basis, you know, um, our, our bar is closed, but we're allowed to, you know, we can do some bowling. So we'll do that limited, limited basis. And we'll do some celebrations um, with our, with our friends, close friends that live here. Uh, but other than that, you know, I, I fortunately I'm not gonna be able to see my parents. They're, you know, they're isolating in Colorado. Um, my yeah. stepmother's isolating in Georgia. My brother in Naperville is, you know, just decided, you know, Hey, we'll just, We'll isolate this year, and hopefully, uh, maybe sometime in March or every, or something like that, we'll be able to, uh, you know, visit each other again. So hopefully that's hopefully that's soon. 
Jay, it's it's uh, well. I, I, I'm going to ask you a burning question. So obviously, it's December ninth uh, today. Do you have an idea that I can get on for January? Well, I, I think we're going to have we're going to have a very special guest. I just got to confirm it with him. This is someone who who worked in the uh, movie industry, someone that I know from growing up, uh, who was actually a sound engineer. And he worked on oh. several big name films. So I've got to just uh, check with him and make sure that we're able to get him on board for next month. But I think it'll be fun. And we're just, you know, this won't be, we won't do any rankings or anything like this. It'll just be, let's get him on the phone and let's talk about his experiences yeah. working in, in, in the industry. Because it's really changed. I'm totally I mean, down with that. Yeah. I'm totally down with it. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, the industry's really changed. And I'm sure he'll talk a lot about that. So, uh, Bruce. Yeah. Hey, thank you for joining. Uh, let me wish you You're uh, very welcome. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Please be safe. And same you, to you, Jay. And we'll, same to you. We'll talk. Take care to you. of your family. I'll be in touch probably before Christmas. But thanks for having me. And Jay Schultz here, WHIW 101.3 FM in Harvard, Illinois. And I want to thank my good friend Bruce Stout for joining us today for Cinema Talk.